All right, fellas, time for another Titans talk. John, I know everyone has read and heard about the video of Arthur Smith, the Titans offensive coordinator, just absolutely berating Ezra Brown as he injures his hamstring on the first day of camp. Have you had that experience? I know uh, you play college football and, and obviously high school football. Have you ever had the experience where you're just absolutely dressed down by a coach for something that you couldn't help or seen that with another player and does it really affect that relationship? Kind of what's the actual player dynamic in, in something like that? Yeah, there are a couple things. I mean, it does impact the, the dynamic of that relationship because obviously you want to perform your best. And thankfully for A.J. Brown, this was in practice, not, not in a game. I recall one time in high school, I believe I was a junior, I was playing offensive line and a big rival and I wasn't playing really well in the first half and in halftime I got chewed out by our off- by our line coach. The thing that he said to me, he said, if you don't pick up your play, I'm going to bench you for your for your little brother. So that <laughs> that little fire and I had one of my better games I've ever had. It's um, weird because your your brother was only eight years old at, at that time, right? <laughs> no. So my brother was a sophomore, and you know he hadn't really broken into the to the scene yet for starting starting or playing time. So that kind of lit a fire, and I was pretty aggravated, um, but came out and played really well. And you know, other there there are some other times that you know are stories where. And so I, I guess one other one in college. This one was a little crazy, and it's something that still bothers me to this day. We had a practice. And because of our class schedule and our upcoming game, we had to have practice for whatever reason. It practice started at four o'clock in the morning. So that mean we that meant we had to get to the locker room for treatment before three AM. So your boy here <laughs> didn't wake up. So I woke up at about five AM, already had missed practice. By the time I would have gotten to practice, there would have been five minutes left. So I called my coach and left a voicemail. And apparently what happened at that practice was they were looking for me on a a specific drill and moving me to the first team defense. And I wasn't there. So, you know, the coach played it off like it was no big deal. And he's like, you know, it happens. It's an accident. Completely understand. We liked your work ethic, everything like that. But there was definitely definitely a different tone and a different, different aspect to the relationship from that moment on. You know, it didn't didn't really end out too well. So, yeah, I, I think definitely things like that kind of mess with the player's head. They mess with the relationship. But hopefully, since it wasn't practice, it was something. It's something that they can move on from. Um, and I think it comes from a place where Arthur Smith really just wants the best out of a young player. Before we get really started on Titans uh, tonight, I, I got to talk about Hard Knocks. I absolutely love that show. It is as good of a documentary as you'll see on anything that they can put all that together and edit that in just a few days. I don't know how they do it. And the access is incredible. I don't think it benefits the teams. I think it's opposite. I I think it's a challenge. The Raiders are one of those teams I'm not that interested in, but they are absolutely captivating. Uh, Two episodes in. Uh, My first thought, guys, I think Jonathan Abrams is so immature and just does not understand life. And his reaction towards, like, the white guy rapper, he made him uncomfortable. He's just like, he spools every moment, like, jumps in on conversations. And he's really tacky with Carr and uh, John Gruden. I think this kid is a pretty good kid, but I think he has a lot to learn. Uh, I know I texted you guys this uh, a few days ago, and you said, well, he kind of makes a perfect writer. 
uh, John, and and I think you're right. What's your thoughts on Abrams and kind of what stands out to you so far uh, early on in uh, Hard Knocks this season? I, I love Hard Knocks. I think Jonathan Abrams, outside of his fantastic first name, um, I think he is kind of a jerk. But honestly, that's he. When I look at him, when I hear, when, you know, when he's hitting receivers in a walkthrough and and what things was like that, that? Hey, he honestly, he's just a raider. I mean, maybe he was taking notes from Vontez Perfect now that they're in the same locker room. Who knows? But he seems like a raider. He seems like a guy who just wants to to be physical and get a nasty reputation. But outside of, of him and Cleveland Farrell riding horses Incredible. Through, through a vineyard singing Old Town Incredible. Road, I think he's a goof. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely loved that, and that was, it was really terrific. Oh, yeah. Abram, to me, just he's a guy that's just not self-aware. He doesn't understand his role in what he is in the league because he's acting like, he's acting like Antonio Brown, like he's a superstar. He's made his way into the league. He deserves this respect, this hype the swagger he carries himself with. But he's a rookie who hasn't done anything and he acts like a jerk on the football field. He just doesn't know how he should act. I think that is. I don't think he's probably a bad kid, but I just think he can't read a room and I don't think he really knows. I think that's really well said, John, don't you? You haven't seen the new episode, John, but uh, Landon, let me ask you this. Gruden is obviously terrified of David Carr getting hurt. And then they do another sequence, and they sort of try to explain why. No offense to the rest of the quarterback room, but what did you think about that, how they go to Peterman and they go to um, – uh, what is the kid's name from North Carolina State that Chicago gave all that money to? Glennon. Glennon. And he really is, you can tell, terrified. That, and he knows their season is over if anything happens to Carr, right? Oh, yeah. It's just because, like you said, no disrespect to Glennon and Nathan Peterman, but – those guys aren't good, and the Raiders want to be good. They want to generate hype when they head into Vegas. They don't want to be terrible again and be a boring. And if Derek Carr goes out, the only thing that'll be interesting about this team would be how bad Antonio Brown would take that. Hey, is anybody forgetting that Nathan Peterman had a fifty-yard run? What's funny, John, is on the new episode they go back and show um, a lot of tape from that first game of him starting in Buffalo. It's like, come on, just let this kid. Come on, <laughs> it's just terrible. Yeah, um, also, so, big fella, do you remember us scouting Max Crosby, the kid from my Eastern Michigan? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, he sings. You know, they make rookies get up and sing, yeah. and uh, it's awesome. He'll, he'll be your favorite writer after that, don't you think, Lan? <laughs> yeah, I think so. He it's pretty good. himself. I don't know if everybody knows, uh, or we mentioned this before, but John and I are going to Cleveland in, what, three and a half weeks or so? We're going to head down, and we're going to go to the to our opening game, and we're going to go to Canton, and we're, we're really looking forward to it. Uh, Landon isn't quite uh, old enough to um, go up there and participate in everything we're going to do. We're really excited. So, guys, I know there's already discussion about week one. I know we've got preseason to talk about, but uh, you know me. I, I'm ready for the season. We're not giving much of a chance, and I think they've already crowned Cleveland as uh, maybe a Super Bowl contender or a playoff contender. I I like our chances in that game. Four weeks out, I mean, how, how's that playing in your mind, guys? I think I would give it about a 50-50 shot just because – so much about Cleveland is unknown because we don't know how well Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham will be. I think they're going to be great, but they've got to develop chemistry. It's not going to be a given. They're awesome immediately. Their offensive line still needs work, especially their tackles. And the front seven is a strength of this defense, so I could see us getting pressure after Mayfield. But on the flip side, Lawan's suspension really hurts because now Miles Garrett is going against Dennis Kelly. He wasn't terrible, but we'd rather have our Pro Bowl left tackle go up against one of the best pass rushers 
this offense is so inconsistent that I could see a wide range of outcomes in this game where we blow them out, close win either way, or they blow us out. Nathan, I know you've said this a lot of times about Cleveland. You got to show it first. They're not going to be given this W. They're not going to be crowned champions. And, you know, it's Cleveland. They have to actually prove that they can win big games and a lot of games. Um, I kind of believe that too, but I I do think that they do have a talented roster. But then how many times does the all-paper team ever work out on the field? I mean, I can uh, visually see Vince Young as a Philadelphia Eagle saying this is the dream team and then watching them get pummeled. So I kind of, like Landon said, I think that they can be good, but they have to develop the chemistry. I also am very worried about our offensive line. I'm not really too, obviously Miles Garrett is a big concern, but I'll tell you what, I said it in a different podcast, a different episode, Olivier Vernon, my eyes are glued to you, buddy. You come near my quarterback, done. Um, So the interesting thing about Cleveland is we all know about potential and hype, but this sport in this league especially, I think you have to earn it. This is a team. This is a team that does not have a winning record in a long time, and I know they were "quote unquote" ascending. They had an opportunity to win a big game at the end of last year and didn't. Uh, I think they will be better, but I think I've seen this song and dance before. I want to see them step up and, and do it. So that is going to be an extremely important game for us because we have a really tough first four, and so it's just going to be really interesting to see. I'll tell you what. I really think the better team will win. Obviously, that that may sound stupid, but. Um... You know, both of our teams, I think we have a lot of, uh, both the arrows are pointing up. So it's really going to matter who plays better on Sunday. Guys, let's talk about our preseason game last Thursday. Uh, Eagles game. What stood out to you, Landon? We really just focused on getting Mariota and Humphreys some in-game chemistry, some passes to each other. I thought Mario was a bit off target. He wasn't quite as precise and the timing wasn't quite there, but this was his first, this was their first game action they've seen together. It's also important to note that Humphreys was our only starting receiver that was playing that game, so it's not like we had Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, and Delaney Walker also out there. And so I, I just liked how that first drive when Mariota was in, it was just force-feeding Humphreys the ball to get a little connection going. I will note that timing has been one of Mariota's major issues in starting his fifth season for him to still have those. You know, it worries a lot of fans. And I think we are going to see a narrative, John, where people will start calling for Tannehill um, the moment that uh, Mariota does some boneheaded stuff. And we always see the backup quarterback become the most popular guy. But uh, I really think that unless we get off to a hot start and we got a tough first quarter of the season, I think we have a competent enough quarterback. Of course, he looked great against, you know, the backups uh, for the, the second team. Uh, for Philly last week. Uh, I really do think that narrative, uh, unless he just comes out red hot, is going to be right there immediately. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's there right now. Everybody's knocking on the door saying Tannehill needs to be our starter. And, I mean, if you want to go off of that theory, then why not make it Logan Woodside? Because they had pretty pretty similar stat lines. Logan Woodside was 14-19 for 138 and two touchdowns. Ryan Tannehill was 12-16 for 16 for 130 and two touchdowns. I mean, come on, guys. A, like Landon mentioned, starting receivers, Humphreys was the only guy out there. And Taewon Taylor, if you want to put him in our starting lineup, I don't think so. But, you know, and plus, we're not throwing a whole playbook out there. We don't have our start, our whole offensive line. We don't have Derrick Henry. So many different things that are not a part of this that contribute to that. So I'm not really worried about that. I think the good thing that comes out of the backup quarterbacks playing so well is, um, 
is that we do have competent backups. I mean, it shows you. We have guys that can get it done if we're in a pinch, and hopefully their game would even elevate if they were throwing to our starting wide receivers. So I don't really buy into a whole lot of the Tannehill hype. I mean, like I said, like we've talked about before, I'm glad he's our backup. He's our most reliable backup we've ever had. But Besides guy, Neil O'Donnell and Kerry Collins. What? I said besides Neil O'Donnell and Kerry Collins. Well, true. All right, fine. But you never know. Maybe he'll be better. We're not sure. Oh, well, yeah, we don't know that. Landon, we, we don't. Landon, speaking of Logan Woodside, there's going to be talk about him being on this 53-man roster. Do you do you think that's a possibility? I know he looked good, but not really our MO to keep three guys. So what's his chance to, to make the active roster uh, as of right now in your mind? I think it's a great shot just because, like we said, Tannehill is an above-average backup, so it's not like the Raiders' situation where they might as well keep three guys because their two backups aren't that good, so it doesn't really matter. For us, an extra roster, an extra special team, or another backup at a key position, that's a lot more than a third-string quarterback. And I think there's a good chance we could get Woodside back on the practice squad. I actually disagree. I think we carry him. If, Mar- if Marcus goes down, Tannehill comes down. Tannehill has not had an injury-free career. Um, he's had some big injuries and missed a lot of time, too. So I think it might be in our best interest to carry three, of course. Yeah, I can see both ways. Uh, normally I would side with Landon, but you make a good point there that neither one of these guys is is exactly made of steel, per se, uh, so far in their career. So obviously we're talking a lot about the Patriots. Uh, Saturday evening um, they play. We're having practices. I'm kind of interested to see Jared Stidham because I know he'll be playing a lot Saturday. Kind of, uh, We were talking him up, and he looked well last week, but – is anybody else kind of interested? Because you got to pick things to be interested in the preseason. And we watch a lot of these guys so much, and we know who the backups are for most teams. That um, it'd be just kind of interesting to see how he runs an NFL offense coming from Auburn. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm interested in because coming into the draft, I thought he was very he had the potential to be a good pro quarterback. He just needed refinement, some work, and obviously working with Brady and Belichick and Josh McDaniels. That's a great situation for any quarterback. And the Patriots have just gone through so many of these backups that they find that are good that it's not out of the question to think that Stim is another guy where he comes in and he looks decent on a really good team like we saw with Jacoby Brissett or Jimmy Garoppolo. I thought you picked him for us to pick later in a later round. Yeah, yeah, I think well, I thought we should have picked him like in the sixth or seventh round. Sure. Well, uh, just developmentally, yeah. Well, I think he's a very decent option. I, I think he's a, a decent person to watch. I think he, he could have a lot of potential – I'm sure every year, every backup to Tom Brady that they've picked, it's like, oh, maybe this is Tom Brady's heir yeah. apparent. And that's know. the thing; they're always intriguing. Yeah, yeah. it's an excellent point, the and they got a pretty good track record of developing guys, and obviously Brady himself. Right, and I mean, the closer we get to Brady being what fifty, I mean, God, uh, eventually there's got to be an heir apparent, and you know, this might be a perfect opportunity, like Landon said, to to kind of learn in that system and learn under Brady and. McDaniels and Belichick and even Hoyer. I mean, I think it's a really good situation for him. I think they might keep three quarterbacks as well. Guys, let's talk about a roster. We're going to start with running backs tonight. Now, of course, last week the unofficial depth chart came out. NFL requires teams to do that. And I think um, the Titans are like the, the Patriots and the Colts to where they don't really give any information they don't have to, and they don't always take the information they're required to give that seriously like injury reports and things like this. I know there were some interesting sort of – but let's talk about running back. 
and uh, we'll kind of go with the context. Uh, first of all, anything really stand out to y'all about the unofficial depth chart, Landon? I thought it was just interesting that AJ AJ Brown was really buried on the depth chart. And obviously, like we covered earlier, he was injured. But still to have our second-round pick, the fifth or sixth receiver, it just seems odd. And like you said, just doesn't give a lot of credibility to these depth charts because in no way is A.J. Brown going to actually start as our wide receiver five. What, what about you, uh, John? Any, anything stand out to you? Anything kind of uh, strange to you? Uh, obviously, A.J. Brown is buried because he hadn't played. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I thought obviously that I thought that was interesting as well. How about Brent Urban as a starting uh, end? I mean, you know, he's got some size and he's got experience, so I think he's a really good uh, possibility to play. Uh, you know, quite a bit, um, and I think he might be a pretty decent contributor. I think. I think another thing that was kind of interesting to me is having both Rashawn Evans and Jayon Brown ahead of Wesley Woodyard. I mean, Wes has been the you know the quarterback of our defense for a long time he and Kevin Byard together and you know we keep talking every season about how Wesley Woodyard is just underrated but you know probably should be our defensive MVP every year just you know there are games where he's got like 15 20 tackles it's just unreal um he's just been a solid player for us um and it's weird to see him not in in that initial starting lineup now, obviously, things will shake out, and I think he'll be back up there, but but it's interesting to see that at first. I also think it's interesting to look at our running back depth chart. I know we're going to talk about running backs in a little bit, but we have quite a crowded room, and outside of one and two, there's a lot to, lot to figure out behind them. What's interesting, John, is Derek Henry, we haven't seen much of him in training camp because of injury, right? But we expect him to be ready for the season. We've seen a lot of these guys get a lot of reps. And Deion Lewis, uh, it's going to be interesting to see his fit uh, when Henry gets back, right? We don't really know what that's going to be. It dwindled, obviously, in the last quarter of the season. So we know Derrick Henry uh, is primed to be our feature back, and we know Deion Lewis is going to be our third down guy. Excellent blocker, understands the game well. Um, Let's talk about who's going to make this team. Um, David Fluellen, I know he's kind of got to the point, you know, fans love him where – I think we want one of these guys to kind of jump out and be that third guy. I think Fluellen is firmly entrenched as the third running back on this team. Uh, I really do. And uh, he's a good player. He's a good person. Have you all seen his wife? I was Googling him a couple weeks ago, and wife came up, and he's married to a former, like, uh, local news reporter and, like, weather person. Have you ever seen her wife? his wife? I have not. Not That's that is worth the old Google, but a beautiful girl, and they got married, I think, last summer. And David Fluellen, I think, do you guys agree? Is he firmly entrenched, and then we can go from there? Yeah, I think he's kind of a tier above everyone else, just because he's been here for a while. He's got more experience. He knows the system better. And last season, before he got hurt, he actually looked like he could be that running back three, where he comes and he gets a couple rushes a game, and he makes do with what he's given. So I just think he's just got a head start on everyone else. Right. He's firmly entrenched. He's been in the program. Good player. Coaches rave about him. They gave him a contract in money, which is kind of rare for a guy who really never sees the field. Uh, when he did, he was hurt uh, last year. I really do think, John, do you do you think uh, – I know you had mentioned um, some hope that maybe we'd see some new blood, but uh, do you agree that, that, that Flew Ellen is kind of our third guy until further notice? 
I think right now, yeah, he definitely is. But I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just me and a gut feeling. But I get the sense that <clears throat> our front office, like like you just mentioned, new blood and uh, David Fuel, and he he plays well when he gets his opportunity, but he doesn't really get too many opportunities. So then you got to talk. Then you got to start to think about what's your point. What's the point of having your third running back, third or fourth? I mean, is it a guy that comes in in spot duty? Is it a guy that plays special teams? Is it a guy that could come in and play fullback for you if we wanted to? Um, I think those are all some really interesting questions, and it depends on what our offensive scheme is going to be. If we're gonna if we're gonna have another uh, another slash back or somebody like Deion Lewis, I really like Jeremy McNichols. He's really quick. He has a lot of burst. He played pretty well in our preseason game. Um, but then I also, I'm really, really, really intrigued by Alex Barnes. He's a big, strong, physical dude. And I really come in and he can play some fullback with us if, if we need to. And also be a threat when he touches the ball. So I think he's really interesting. I mean, in 2018 at, at Kansas State, he had thir- a little over 1,300 yards and 12 touchdowns. Caught 20 balls out of the backfield. He can do a lot of different things, and he's a big dude. He's six feet tall, 226 pounds, and and he's a he's a baller. I think I really like him. Uh, when I saw that we picked, we signed him as an undrafted free agent. I was really really excited about him. Well, and, uh, from what I've seen and watched, I think um, Alex Barnes is too slow to play in the NFL, and I think that's kind of prevailing thought. I, I consider him kind of the 90th man on the roster. Um, just because compared to McNichols and Dawkins, who I think are the clear guys that will fight for that fourth spot if there's a fourth running back kept. Landon, have you kind of had that same perception about Barnes? Good guy and everything, but uh, I, I just look at Dawkins, who was on a practice squad last year. McNichols, who a lot of us remember from Boise State. McNichols is clearly, to me, the fourth running back on this team, and then Dawkins, um, you know, had, has his moments as well. And what's your thought about the, the back end of the running backs, and Barnes especially? Yeah, I, I agree. He's just, he's not explosive enough. And if it were like we had two small, explosive, not very run-heavy between the tackle kind of backs, and I could see maybe we keep him. But Henry looks to be like he's going to be a great bell cow guy who's a workhorse. So And you, teams don't need two of those guys now. They need... They need their running their third running back to be a guy who can play special teams, who's athletic, where if he has to be on the field, he's a guy that can just throw in space and he can do something. And like you said, McNichols and Dawkins are much better explosively than Barnes. So are you guys with me that make that of these the next guys, besides the guys that I expect to make the roster, Henry, Lewis, Flew Ellen, do y'all feel like McNichols is sort of the, the driver's seat if they keep a fourth halfback? Oh yeah, I agree too. I mean, I was only saying Alex Barnes because he intrigues me. I don't, I don't. He intrigues me too. Um, I don't think he's gonna be a yeah. four, but if if we do, yeah. Um, well, if you, he's got a lot to like on paper, like you said, but and we were kind of surprised he wasn't like a seventh round pick, based on just measurables and everything. But I, I think we see now. I think he's just a step slow, and that and that happens. But uh, McNichols, uh, Dawkins would not be bad guys to keep, and Landis. As Landon mentioned, they, they'd be good special teamers as well. Uh, anything else about running backs, Cass? I think this one, you know, it's kind of kind of cut and dry. You know, we know our guy. Yeah. yeah um, right. And, I mean, we honestly, Deion Lewis, even if he isn't our guy, we, he, we have so, many, so much money tied up in him right now that he's got to be our guy. And I think he's a good player too. So, I mean, it's not that, not that that's a bad thing. He's shown flashes when we've given him opportunities. 
but he's not the kind of runner that Derek is. And so we have to kind of. No, he's our gadget guy. He was really meant to fit kind of in our offense. And hopefully we see more out of him. And I think if we can get solid line play, big if, and we can get solid quarterback play, I think a guy like Lewis is just going to. Uh, find his moments and but otherwise I don't think he can take the pressure of, of an offense kind of run around him or um, or anything like that so he's one of those guys that's going to be as good as the offense is around him per se and that could be really good um, but yeah I think most of our listeners know what our top three is but not everybody knows a lot about McNichols or Dawkins or who's who but uh, for me it's McNichols and Dawkins are in their ne- their next tier and then Hunt and Barnes have a little work um, guys let's move on to running uh Guys, let's move on to receiver. Um, I think this is our deepest group of receivers that I can remember. I like some of these guys on the back end. Um, we talked about um, preseason last week, and Tajay Sharp had a, a really rough game, and there's been a lot said about that. And of course, he's looked like he's bounced back this week. Um, let's let's start there. Um, who do you think is the fourth receiver on this team? On September eighth, when we go to Cleveland, who's going to be the fourth, the fourth guy out there? Landon, I think it's Taewon Taylor, and I'm operating under the assumption that Corey Davis, Humphreys, and AJ Brown are our top three. I am going a different way. I actually think Tajay Sharp is going to be our fourth. I think he's had a really solid camp, and you know he's played with us for a while. Arthur Smith knows him, and you know he's a bigger guy than Taewon Taylor. I just think he fits a little bit better. He's also a much better catcher. <laughs> yes. Although, Taewon Taylor apparently did have a really good day today uh, in practice against the Patriots. So, I know we were a little hard on him, uh, you know, talking about him during the game and after the preseason game. But I think Tajay Sharp might, might be my pick. Well, Corey Davis is firmly entrenched um, as our number one guy. And then Adam Humphreys is going to be our slot guy. And those two are rock solid. And Humphreys has, of course, looked really well. He's just a pro's pro, ready to go. And somewhere in a tier there, uh, right after that, hopefully, A.J. Brown, now that he's healthy, he's looked pretty good. But it's tough for a guy to miss 11 practices and then come and make a real impact as a rookie. But at some point, I expect him to be our third slot uh, guy sooner than later, right? After that, it gets interesting. I see Tawan Taylor and Tajay Sharp sort of in, in kind of a tier with each other. For that fourth, fifth guy, right? right. Um, what do you? And that's what you guys were discussing. So, uh, I do expect AJ Brown to ascend, uh, but I'm glad we have those two guys. You know, in case whatever happens, there's another injury. So we're looking, obviously Corey Davis and then Adam Humphreys, and then some order uh, at some point. AJ Brown, Taylor, Sharp. I think there's a possibility of a sixth guy for special teams purposes and for depth, right? Uh, do you guys see us? possibly keeping six uh, receivers this year? I was going to chime in about that. I actually uh, I really think Tajay Sharp also can lend himself to some punt return duties. They've had him doing it in practice a little bit, and I think it's just you know credit to him to try to do everything he can to stick on this team. But I, I think he's got an opportunity. If we keep another receiver, I know everybody really likes Darius Jennings. He's he's a perfect special teamer. He. He had that kickoff return against Miami last year for a touchdown. Provides a little bit of a spark, and I think he, he'd be a, a, a solid keep. Landon, do you see Jennings uh, on this 53-man roster to begin the season? I think he just makes a lot of sense because, ideally, because Humphreys and Adoree Jackson are two of the other guys I can think of that would handle return duties. 
And they're both essential pieces to this team. And especially with Adoree Jackson, I'm scared every time he takes a punt return, he's going to take another big hit. And Darius Jennings showed last season that he's fine. He can just He's solely a returner. He's a good returner. He's got great speed. And if he is forced into a role, he... He can do a little something with his speed. He's a good gadget player. So I think it makes a lot of sense for us to keep him around. Obviously, he did really well in 2018, 31.7 yard. Kickoff return average, that led the NFL. So I see him on our 53-man roster. And I like the fact that we've got a sixth guy that could have some um, utility for us in a few different ways, like you mentioned. All right, guys, so I think that's the real discussion. Let's talk about these other guys that are in camp with us. Um, you guys just tell me what you know about and what you think about uh, Khalif Raymond, White, and Tanner. Uh, McAvoy, do you see any of these guys kind of as practice squad guys or guys that kind of have a long-term potential? For instance, Darius Jennings, he's been around the NFL since 2015, and sometimes these guys slowly work their way up. Uh, anything stand out to you guys uh, among those guys? Landon? I was actually going to say Cody Hollister has – he's had a very solid offseason. He was – he was pretty good in the preseason game. He's had good practices. I think he's a good candidate for the practice squad just because our wide receiver, wide receiver core, it looks like it's pretty much set and it looks really deep. It's just really hard for him to make it. And I hope right. he would be able to stick around the practice squad somehow. Cody Hollister is a big guy, 6'4", 209, played at Arkansas. Um, he was a tryout guy. And um, – He's 25 years old, uh, pretty old for a rookie. Pretty, pretty, pretty interesting guy. He's got some long-term sort of potential. I could see him being a, uh, a practice squad guy. He's he's looked good this year. Uh, I didn't mention Anthony Ratliff Williams uh, either, and in in, in, he's had his moments in camp too. John, any of these guys uh, look like future NFL players to you? If we're if we're getting under brass tacks, I mean, I'd probably keep Hollister as well. But uh, I mean, you know. Um, Raymond has some, he, he's a speed guy. So if we want to keep an extra, extra, extra special teamer, um, I might look more his way, but guys, let's talk about tight ends and we'll knock off for, uh, the evening. The big talk, obviously Delaney Walker's back. He has not gotten a lot of action early and that's absolutely understandable. Uh, from what you've seen in him guys so far and what you've read about him, uh, you think he's on track and, and what should we expect from him early in the season? I think he's on track. I mean, from what I've seen in his practice takes, I mean, he seems like he's definitely working his way back. I know he himself has said he's probably about 85 to 90% right now. But the fact that he's out there practicing and running around is a really, really great sign for me. And I, He's that guy, you know, he's been around the league for a billion years, and I don't really think he needs the, the preseason as much. He and Marcus already have some pretty good chemistry from – their previous years, I think he's ready to go. And I think we're going to, I think he's going to be, he'll probably see some limited, very limited action, maybe not even till the third preseason game. We might see him for a series or two on, on Saturday, but I'm kind of thinking when we hit Cleveland, he's full tilt. Yeah, I think he's right on track for his recovery because the injury itself was pretty clean. Obviously, it was devastating, but it was a very cut and dry broken bone and he's had 11 months to recover from this so there's no fear for him rushing back he's obviously almost a whole entire year to rehab and get back to health and before that he was always healthy he was durable 
and he was a big reason why the offense was as good as it was. So I think I think he'll come back and he'll be really close to what he was going to be last year. Johnny Smith uh, is on the pup list, John. Whoa. But we pencil him in as the number two, but I don't know. We well, Hopefully he'll be back soon and, and we'll see more of him. I haven't heard anything uh, and they're being really quiet about when, when he might be back. So we'll table him for now. Obviously there's a roster spot for him and obviously sure. there's potential and we hope that he makes that next step. Michael Pruitt caught a touchdown last year, came out of nowhere, looked really good. We all love Ferkser. Ferkser needs to focus and, and do what he does and catch the ball, but um, he hasn't done that a ton in training camp, but I, I expect him to be uh, right where he should, uh, like he was down the stretch last season. Uh, that's my four guys, uh, Delaney Walker, Johnny Smith, Pruitt, and Ferkser. I think they all four make this team. Cole Wick is physically really impressive, and, you know, Hewitt, uh, Hesse. Hesse is a long-term project guy that they'll try to get on the practice squad. Um, of course, I, I like this group, um, but it all is contingent on Walker coming back and being extremely dependable. He doesn't have to be the 90-catch guy that, that we've seen because our receiver core has, has got more weapons, but we do need him to, to be there uh, for that third and 10 like he was for so many years. He would be absolutely essential, I think, to what we're going to try to do. What do you guys think of that, and what do you think of Pruitt and Ferkser? I agree that the those top four Titans are pretty set. And it's another thing where just having the experience and the roles already filled out just makes it hard to kind of jump to that upper tier because Delaney Walker obviously is so dependable. He's so good. Johnny Smith, when he comes back for injury, will have his role. And then Ferkser and Pruitt. Ferkser is the better receiver, but Pruitt is the better blocker. So you kind of need both of them, and they both can play special teams. So it's just really hard for all these other guys, like you said, to really make the team because four tight ends is a lot. But obviously, hopefully we can It is, but we don't have a fullback. So we usually keep four just because uh, one of them has to be, uh, you know, has to play H-back or fullback, right, John? Exactly. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's hard to disagree with you guys. I mean, these are our four guys, Walker, Smith, Pruitt, and Fersker. Ferkser. Um, I mean, obviously, we all know what Del- Delaney Walker is, so I think that, you know, that's the easiest question mark here. And Johnny Smith, you know, he played pretty well last year in spot duty after Walker went down. Um, so he had a couple big plays. I like what I see in him. I think he's got real opportunities as a pro. Um, and Michael Pruitt, I really kind of like him. He and Marcus developed some chemistry later on in the year last year. And I think he's going to be a solid player. Berkser, he he's more of what what I consider to be like that eight, the, the fullback type of a, a tight end, um, and I think he's got a definite spot on this roster. I think we keep four, and I'll tell you what, part, I was looking at the wrong wrong name, but Parker Hesse, he's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> he played defensive end in college at Iowa, right, and is now playing tight end in the NFL as a former defensive player myself. I think defensive linemen are some of the most talented players in the game, and I think he could be really interesting. I don't know how well he catches the ball. The pure ability to play defensive end in college and be signed as a as a tight end after a tryout, it's just interesting to me. Yeah, absolutely. They obviously see something in him, and he's a good athlete. Uh, this guy had 14 sacks in college, so you think he would have a – Shot over there, but I just don't know if he. I don't know, but uh, and obviously the thing with uh, with our head coach and his history of playing 
uh, kind of both ways. It's going to be really intriguing, but I think this is a practice squad guy, but he's like a Ferkshire type. Kind of keep your eye on him and see if maybe he doesn't, you know, involve into um, hopefully a guy on this 53-man roster over the next couple of seasons. Well, we're going to stop there, guys. Uh, running back, wide receiver, tight end seem pretty well spoken for as far as the roster spots. I do like our depth uh, at, at both positions. Don't you? Would you guys agree that um, – the back end of this roster ha- has sort of come along. We're going to have to wait and see about the guys that are supposed to kind of take uh, take this team uh, on their back. But um, I feel like we've uh, I feel like there's some intriguing players and some guys that have stepped up and, and kind of kind of taken hold of the back end of this roster, right? Oh yeah, I think I think we're in a really good spot. I mean, you know, years ago we'd be look we'd be looking at this roster and being like, oh god, where's our third receiver? And now we're talking about our fifth and sixth. You know, same thing for tight ends, like Frank Wycheck and who? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. we're, we're finally getting to a spot where we have, you know, players that churn this roster and those players that don't make it, not because they're not good players, but because we have fantastic players already in place. So I think we're, we're, we're turning into that team who we will consistently field a competitive and good team. That's all we got. We'll be back. We'll talk about Saturday's Patriots game next week, and we'll – Keep going down uh, this offensive roster, guys. Until then, tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up.